Good morning, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast Podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. I want to thank everyone for their support. I have some amazing guests on week after week, and this is no different. I have a very powerful guest, someone I really look up to, someone who lives their life in the way that uh, inspires me to be better. And I, I really, truly believe after you listen to his story and how he lives his life, you're going to feel the same way. This is going to inspire your entire week, if not the month or your year. So I have Kirk LaPlante. He is the Director of Operations at Wasatch Recovery. You've been here how long? Uh, just been over six years. Over six years. Um, I've known him for about five now. Uh, just love him to death. And just love the way he lives his life with passion and drive. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thanks. Wow, what an introduction, man. I appreciate it, dude. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. He's, he paid me 100 bucks to say all that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, he is an amazing guy, and I'm excited to have you share your story with uh, with our followers. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, I first have to say thanks for having me on here. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I look up to you uh, as a person. I, I, I've learned a lot from you since I've met you. Uh, you know, what you do inspires me on a daily basis. And, and that's kind of what I'll touch on a little bit today is the people in my life that have inspired me to, to grow to greater levels and to move forward in my life. But, um, just to give everybody a little background, uh, you know, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, my parents, my father had a job that had us travel a lot, um, or not travel, move. Uh, he was in the food service industry. And so we were moving pretty much every year. He'd take over a, a new um, location, mm-hmm. uh, like a university. They'd bid out the contracts, and his company would take it over for like five years. So we were popping from city to city and city. So, I mean, I've, I've been all over the place. I've moved. Uh, I, I think that helped me with my outgoing personality is yeah. every school year, you know, we'd move in the summer. I had to, I had to meet new friends and meet new people. Yeah. So by the time I hit seventh grade, I had moved, I think nine times. Wow. So um, we ended up. That had to have been pretty difficult at the same time. Oh know? yeah, I it's think. intimidating. You yeah. walk into a school, especially seventh grade. You know, yeah. like it's one thing when you're in elementary and you go into class and you're set into a class, so you have yeah. the same people and and you know they all kind of grew up and you go out and play around with them and stuff like that. But once you start getting into middle school. And then mm-hmm. our junior high, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then high school, you know, you're going from different classes. There's no s- recess. And then lunch, <laughs> all of a sudden you show up to yeah. lunch and you're like, I have no friends. Yeah. You know, who who do I eat Sit lunch with? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and so, and everybody's kind of subgrouping with each other because they've grown up with each other and you're just a new kid. And, and so you, you got to learn how to just go make yourself be uncomfortable and go meet new people and, and put yourself in a comfortable spot. Yeah. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So I was brought to Salt Lake for the Olympics. Uh, my father's actually in charge of um, overseeing all the food up at the Olympic Village for the oh, Olympians. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so we came here, um, and then we ended up staying here. Uh, after the Olympics, uh, We, my sister and I were all – we were – you know, at that age where my parents didn't want to move us anymore. And so they made the decision, hey, let's just stay here. So we stayed here. Um, and I met a great group of guys when I first moved here, mm-hmm. all LDS guys. I was the only non-LDS member, I think, in the neighborhood, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, 
you know, I learned a lot from, from those guys just because their morals, ethics, principles, all that, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, I came from Reno, Nevada, and everyone there's like, I swear to God, I swear to God, you know, <laughs> and then I come here and I say that, and they're like, stop swearing, stop swearing, you know, it's such a culture change for me, and and I'm like, what? what, I'm not swearing, what do you mean, you know, it took me, I, granted, I'm in seventh grade, but it takes me a little while right. to start to catch on, then I start realizing, okay, so, you know, you're, the way that you put yourself out there, the things that you say, the things that you do, mm-hmm. they affect the people around you. Right. You know, so by me saying I swear to God, it affected my friends and they felt uncomfortable. So I learned pretty quick, hey, I can't say that because it makes people uncomfortable. Right. And so, you know, things like that that you learn from people growing up mm-hmm. and the people around you, I think really, that still to this day, it has, a, it has a lasting impact on the way that I am. I know at certain points, and you know me, Todd, is yeah. I may not have the cleanest mouth or the, right. the best filter. You know, I'm a dirty joke guy. I like to have fun, things like that. Yeah. And, and luckily, I've got the greatest wife in the world that puts up with it. And same with her yeah. family sure. and my family. But, uh, you know, I know when I should censor, and sometimes I don't know when I censor. And then right. I realize, hey, whoa, okay, you got to take it back a step. You you went over the line. So, um, yeah, growing up with those guys, I mean, I got big into, I, we did two things. There's a kid across the street that has sports court, so we played dunk ball all the time with each other. And we always tried to video record it like the videos, right, you know, right. you, you try and, <laughs> you try and do that. And, uh-huh. you know, you, and this is kind of like when cell phones are just starting to get big. And so you're video recording things. Back then we had a camcorder, you know, that was a big thing I asked for my birthday. It's like, hey, I want a camcorder so we can record these dunk videos and then we can watch them on TV. And then the other thing is we played Xbox. So girls like weren't really a thing to me when I came here. Before, everywhere I had been, you have a girlfriend all growing up. I mean, I had a girlfriend in first grade, you know, right. if you call it that. Right, right. You know, it's just right. a girl you like on the playground. And, exactly. And, you know, you, you play the game, <laughs> try and run and kiss them or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but then you move here and it's totally different, you know. Here in Salt Lake is, is it was awesome because it wasn't about chasing girls or anything like that. It was about, you know, you have your core set of friends and you do what you want to do and you have fun with it. Right. And you hang out with each other and it doesn't matter. They don't care what you wear. They don't care how you look. They don't care what you do. They don't care uh, if you have a girlfriend or not. They don't care if you like mm-hmm. basketball or not or if you play Xbox or yeah. not. You know, like they they just want to be together. You know, you whatever sure. it is, you know, you could go outside and just hang out. And and that that's a big thing to me is, is I realized I've got to surround myself by people that are gonna respect me and also help me grow to be a stronger person and move in the right direction. Right. Where did you learn that? I mean, that's I, that's very impressive. That that's how you're talking now. You you know, is that something your mom and dad instilled in you when you were growing up? Like, hey, you better respect people. You better treat people with you know. So you know, yeah, so my parents are definitely old fashioned. I got the belt, I got the soap in the mouth, I've got <laughs> I got the spatula, whatever my mom had in her hand in the kitchen. If I was disrespectful to her, my sister especially, my brothers, if we were fighting, it was a warning and then after that it was the it was hands against the wall and you're getting the belt or you're getting the the spatula and a lot of people are going, oh my gosh, your parents beat you. And, I, you know, I don't look at it that way. You know, I've, right. I've had a full bar of soap in my mouth with my mom clamping down <laughs> and my teeth are gritting through it. And and I know people that are older are like, oh, that's normal. 
You know, yeah. you know, you that's you how, say that's how I grew up. Yeah, thing. you say a bad word, but nowadays, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, your mom put soap in your mouth. She poisoned you, or you got hit with the belt, or you right. got spanked. You know, now the conversation is, do you spank your kids or do you not spank your kids? You know, and I just look at that. I'm like, man, I learned a lot. You know, I'll give you I'll give you an example. We had some neighbors um, when I was living in Flagstaff, Arizona, and that was, let me see, I think fourth grade we had moved there, and they had this awesome. We lived right across the street from a golf course. They had this awesome tree fort, and they had an older brother that was probably 16, 17. He was in high school, and then they had um, a kid that was older than me, a year older than me, fifth grade, and then they had a kid that was my brother's age, from what I recall. And so we'd go down to this tree fort and we hang out and everything. And so there was this chest there. And so the chest, we never opened the chest. We'd play in there all the time. Right. And then the older brother was in there one time with his friends and the chest was open and it was full of a bunch of like playboys, essentially. Right. Uh -huh. And so my younger brother, we go back to the house and he immediately tells my mom, oh my gosh, there's there were playboys, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, if I tell my mom that, I'm going to get beat. Right. Well, <laughs> sure shit. Yeah. You know, my mom, my brother tells my mom, my mom instantly calls the neighbors, the parents go down there, the, the tree house is torn apart by the dad, <laughs> the playboys are all, the neighbors are pissed at us, they resent us, they're mad at us, and I look at that moment, and at the time I'm like, why the hell did he do that, you know? Right. And then, now that I look back at it, and, and I really look back at it, um, you know, kind of more in the high school age when you're getting acceptance stuff. And I look at, I looked back at that, and I'm like, you know what? We did something to better those guys. My brother, who was two years younger than me, had the balls to say something to my mom, whether right. he knew it was right or wrong. Right. You know, right. he just thought it was funny, and I'm like, don't say that because we're gonna get beat. You know, or you know, <laughs> not beat. We're gonna get the right. belt, or we're not gonna be allowed to hang out with these guys, and they're fun, and um, we're gonna get them in trouble. But he didn't care, and that's the yeah. thing that that I can respect him. Four is and and other people around me is is you you just you don't have you 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 shouldn't care what people think right if you're doing it for the best because I mean that could have led led into and it probably already maybe they do or maybe they are already into it into a porn addiction right and and they're in they're into something bad that started at that age and it could have led on to their two younger brothers it could have led on to us everything if my brother would have said something it would have just kept going forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and so, you know, but, you know, I, I feel like he learned that from my parents is you always be honest. You know, you, you, you're always honest no matter the outcome. You never lie, you know. And that, that's something that I knew, you know. If, you, if right. I lied to my mom, I got two belts or, right. you, know, sure. you know, I got put in timeout for twice as long. And so, you know, I was primarily parented by my mom because my dad was a worker. My dad worked, 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 worked. Yeah. And I learned at a young age, hey, you got to work your ass off if you want to provide for your family right. and if you want things. And so yeah. I watched my dad just work, 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 work. And I had the conventional family. My mom stayed home with the kids. My dad worked. And he came home. My mom had dinner on the table. You know, and and it it was a, a relationship that worked for them at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I also learned that there were definitely resentments built up between each other, whether they didn't communicate. I don't know. I just started to notice as I got older that the two of them didn't get along. You know, dinner was never good enough when my dad got home. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, my mom didn't do this right. Or, you know, and then I noticed my dad's drinking getting heavier. And so by the time I was in high school, 
I watched my dad start drinking more and working less and being lazy. And then my mom starts stepping it up and working more and trying to provide for the family, which it ended up leading into divorce between the two. Okay. So this was in high school? This, in high, this is when I was in high school, my senior year. Okay. My parents separated. And by that time, I knew it was coming. Right. You know, by that time, it was I was old enough. It was made clear. You can tell when people bicker. And that's the one thing I'll never do in front of my kids is, is fight. I should say my child because now I have my first yes, child. Yes, you do. So, yeah, Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one thing that, that yes, healthy health fighting can be healthy to an extent you know but i wouldn't i wouldn't put it in the words as fighting i would say communicating you know that's what my wife sienna and i we communicate whenever there's an issue i've told her from day one tell me and she communicates to me right. she'll say love me love me love me you know and, <laughs> and and we joke about that and jeff who who owns this place his wife says the same thing and, and we always are joking about that but in the reality is she's just communicating what we what she needs from me sure sure and so not to get sidetracked or anything but that's when i realized you know i was i was 14 and um maybe i was 15 i was 14 or 15 when i first started doing yard work my dad would let me take the mower down the neighborhood okay. and and he would come with me and just watch me and but he would always make me do it. He would never help me. So if I wanted to charge ten bucks to mow a lawn or twenty yeah. bucks to mow a lawn, I had to do the work. My dad wasn't there to help me. He may hold the bag so I could put the the leaf or not the leaves the grass trimmings in the bag, but he's not going to push the mower. He's not going to weedy. He made me earn my money that I went down to go to 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 go earn right he wasn't an enabler by any means give me the edge or give me the mower he wanted you know. to teach you the, the principle he, of hard he, work and get it done yourself exactly and so and now i look at you know they they say millennials right mm -hmm. you know and, and now i look at that and i'm like man i don't see any kids coming around the neighborhood offering to mow my lawn because if they did on saturday i'd pay them that 20 bucks in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> Dude, totally you know yeah. even if i had to go weed eat after he's done that's that's an hour of my life that yeah. that i can do something else you know and so well and, and i'm glad you brought that up because one of the reasons one of the main reasons why i have you on here today is because of your work ethic you're probably one of the hardest working people i've ever met and anyone who knows you would would back me up like yeah that guy works his tail off Let's talk about that for a minute, okay? okay. Obviously, you you, you just touched on it there for learning to mow lawns and this and that, but you are really a hard worker, right? I mean, right. You, and you love it. Not mm -hmm. only do you work hard, but I can tell you just love it. Right. So where where did that start from? And obviously, probably maybe from your dad, but uh, kind of give us a little background on that uh, work ethic that you have. So it was when we lived in Boise, Idaho, um, it was fourth grade, and that's where I really, really learned it, is my dad had, the company that he worked for, let him go. And so my mom had to, to he couldn't really find a job with his qualifications in that, in Boise, because it was so specific, unless we were going to stay there, and we didn't want to stay there. The plan was to get in and out in a year. And so he lost his job. I, I can't remember. It was maybe like December time. And so we need to finish year out. So my mom got a job working at Micron, the big Micron plant there. Oh, yeah. And so, and she worked the graves, and then she, and then my dad stayed home with us. And so that's kind of when I realized, all right, 
I've watched my dad my whole life work, and then my mom now flipped the switch, and now she's working her butt off mm-hmm. to provide for this family. And then that's kind of, I started realizing, all right, if you want to provide, you got to do whatever it takes to work. So then, as soon as the job came open, we moved out of there, mm-hmm. um, out of Boise, and then it just kind of went from there. As everywhere I was at, I was like, hey, and my parents weren't by any means super wealthy so mm-hmm. you know if we wanted something i mean they would take good care of us on christmas and birthdays sure. and stuff but it wasn't like an everyday occasion hey i want i want an xbox or you know back then it was a n64 you know was the big thing and so <laughs> you know i want an n64 well you got to earn that you know and so that that was a big thing to me is always growing up we had to earn what we what we had we had to earn our school clothes so it wasn't like hey you get $100 or you get $500, now it's probably like $1,000 to go buy all new school clothes, you know. Um, but it wasn't that way. It was, you've got to work all summer doing your chores, doing this and that, and you'll you'll maybe get $100 mm-hmm. to buy a couple new things. Um, and then my poor brothers get the hand-me-downs. And then, so I learned, hey, I'm going to go take this, this grocery. I crossed the street, there was an old lady. She'd call me every time she came home from the grocery store, and she'd pay me a quarter to carry her groceries in. So <laughs> right. anywhere I found an in, in to to do something to earn money, I did. And it was about it wasn't about like having things or possessions or anything like that. And we could jump into that here in a little bit because it became that. Right. And right. then I I had to get my head screwed back on. But back then it was I just knew I had to earn enough money if I want a new swimming suit for the pool you know if I wanted more than one swimming suit for the pool let me say that again I would have to buy it so I would have to earn the money to go buy that swimming suit my parents provided me with a swimming suit but we were going my mom would take us to the pool every single day in the summer and so I wanted to have two or three swimsuits I didn't want to wear the same swimming suit every day you know and and so I had to find a way to get that swimming suit and so my parents taught me that and it, they just didn't give, 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 give. When you're when you're just giving everything, you know, it, it, it is nice when you're giving everything because you can just coast through life and, and everything's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're not giving everything, you know, I, I, I've had to pay for everything. I had to pay for the schooling that I've done, the truck. I mean, you know, I, I have this yeah. nice truck. I sure. pay for that every single month. That mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, just handed to me. Right. The house um, that I own. You know, the the clothes that I wear, I mean, it's, you know, my mom and dad have obviously helped me out. My mom, my mom's helped me out. My dad's helped me out more than I can say. Right. But they, they made it very clear from a young age that you earn and you work hard for what you have and you're respectful and, and you put yourself in good situations. Right. And so, you know, when we moved here to Salt Lake, I was really at the age when I really could start working and, you know, all my friends, I lived in a wealthy, we lived in Holiday, mm-hmm. so we lived in a super wealthy area. Every single one of my friends had cars, you know, I had buddies that got, you know, brand new cars and then I had buddies that that got just junkers, you know, $1,000 hand-me-down junkers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was, I, I, of course, wanted the brand new, you know, I had a buddy that got a WX, sure. I'm like, I want that WX and this is where, <laughs> this is where my mindset of, Okay, this is where I turned it. I want possessions. And so it was all about every penny I worked for, it was about showing what I had. And I realized shortly after that is is you have nothing to show 
really, at the end of the day, you have no money in your bank account. Right. Your friends don't care whether you drive a WRX or you drive a 1989 Honda Accord. Right. They're still your friends. Right. Your family's the same way. Yeah. And so, so I started to realize, okay, I got to come up with a plan here because my I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm making more fun, money than all my friends. They've got these huge saving accounts. They're all getting ready to go on missions, and I've got no money to show for it. And I'm living at home, and they're going to be moving on, and I'm going to be stuck at home because I, I couldn't afford rent or anything like that, and I'm working full time. And so, and it prolonged my schooling because my focus was to make money, not go to school. Right. So, once I realized, hey, I've got to go to school, then I was working full time and paying for each semester. And I would, okay. I would only take the classes that I could afford. So I, I got no school debt. So, so then I, I uh, started working at a call center, mm -hmm. and I was doing phone calls, and, then I, and, and I was making great money doing that. But still, you know, and I'm, I'm working, I'm going to school, and then I decide, hey, you know what? I want to become a firefighter. I want to do something, you know, I, I like... Right. What those guys do, those guys have purpose on what they do. Yeah. You know, they go, every call they go on, there's a purpose to it. Right. They go to work for a purpose. They go to save lives. I'm like, this is a cool career. They're all happy, yeah. every fireman I've known. Right. You know, they, they have great benefits. It's a career job. You know, I'm, I don't want to be making phone calls and all that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going through, I get yeah. my EMT, and then it's just time to get my fire starts. And that's what leads me in here to working at Wasatch. Is all I had left was to go through the fire cert program and my plan was go through West Valley and mm -hmm. it wasn't time yet to enlist or enroll or to do it so I decided all right I'm going to prepare myself for it I'm going to find a part-time job working at somewhere that's kind of I called it brainless right. which I thought would be a treatment center <laughs> you know where I didn't have to do much just right. just you show up you kind of hang out you do the you do right. what you have to do to get through your shift but then at the end of the day you don't have to there's no quota you have to meet there's no stress there's nothing you have to do you just walk away you know clean your yeah. hands from it walk, you're done and then you move on at the same time I was doing the serving bartender at night and that's where I was making primarily most of my money and then I got the job here, and I was still living at home, so I was able to afford to be able to go to school and do all that stuff, right. you know, and I recommend take advantage of that for as long as possible. If you right. have to pay for your own school, you know, your parents will support you, but at the same time, know that there's going to be guidelines on it, you know, mm -hmm. like it's not, you know, don't freeload off your parents and just say, I'm going to take one class and, and just hang out, you know, like take advantage of, of the support you have and get as much done as you can because it'll drag out for 10 years trust me and so um i came to work at wasatch uh and i loved it and i was working just kind of during the day just helping out going to the gym and stuff and then it led into doing lunches and then and then a house manager position came open and i interviewed for it and they were going back between there's three of us that were in mm -hmm. it, and they gave it to me and then just based on my work ethic I got the job one, right? And then my work ethic excelled me in that position to essentially running the facility with our clinical director, where I did all the operation stuff and he did all the clinical stuff, and we had a mutual respect, and we still to this day have a mutual respect. Right. You know where we stand, and then once we got to a point, you know, I, I got to a point where I overwhelmed, where I was working seven a.m. to midnight, you know, and, and Mark and Jeff, the owners 
were like, hey, you gotta, you gotta delegate. You gotta learn how to delegate. Because I'm like, I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna do the best. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. it, I'm gonna show them that I'm worth every penny that they're paying me. And, and so, I realized, you know, you can burn out quickly. You probably know this. Everybody burns out, no matter, you know, when you're lighting the, what's the saying, the, the lighting the candle, both candle ends. at both ends. Yeah. It eventually burns out. So, yeah. so I jump. I I cut back. We we hire a few guys. And I learn how to. I start learning how to delegate. I learn those skills here. Right. I learn those skills from Mark and Jeff, and and I realize, you know, I wanted to hold on to it so tight, I'm white knuckling it because I'm thinking if I give that up, I'm going to lose my job, right? Mm-hmm. And there's insecurities coming in. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize until after the fact is they that it doesn't matter as long as you're a hard worker, you're going to be a wanted and needed item. Right. It's when the laziness kicks in is when they're like, okay, you're lazy. We don't need you anymore. Right. So giving up some of the tasks I was doing made my life easier, and I could do more. I realized. Right. And I and so that that was a big a big skill that I learned here that was very difficult for me is to not do everything on my own. Reach out and and get help and ask yeah. for help, okay. and it'll be accepted. Right. And so that excelled me. Eventually, it led me into be the director of operations here, and you know I've I've got a great staff under me you know Mm -hmm. the staff is what makes me look good at the end of the day because now i'm not you know i've got guys and gals here that that get to do a lot of the work here Mm -hmm. for me that i don't have to do as much anymore so i can do other things and help advance you know we just opened the new building help out with that and things like that and be elsewhere and doing things for this business to help mark and jeff grow it to be right. the best that it can be sure. and play the role and we all have to play our roles you know it's like you know i look at your schedule and, and that's something that that you know i go back to you inspire me i look at you and you know your schedule starts you've seen more clients in the two hours before anyone gets here mm-hmm. than you know most of the the people in this place meet with all day yep. and so that inspires me that says okay you know, you're here for the right reason. You're a hard worker. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to help people. You want right. to do the right thing. You do it because you want to help people. You're not doing it because it's looks good on your resume or it looks good to the mm-hmm. to Mark or Jeff or anything like that. Right. You know, and and that's one thing that you have to realize is you don't do don't do something to to look good or you know to 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 stand out to be like hey i do this or i do that do it because you want to do it and do it because you love to do it and do it because it's right yeah you know and and if you if you do it because it's right uh and you do it and you work you you work your butt off it -hmm. will pay off right but one of the things i want to touch on is that what i learned is that i realized that the group of people in my life will help me excel if there's right. something in my life you know that that is bringing me down say a person or a job or something you have to cut that off instantly no matter how bad it is if you're in a relationship where a girl just you know is bringing you down you have to cut that off and end it and i know it's easier said than done because trust me it's you know we've all had our difficulties right, cutting things right. out of our life but you know i learned you got to have a plan. You got to be looking forward. And I look forward. You know, I have a five-year plan. I always tell my wife, CN, in five years, here's my five-year plan. And so, you know, I have this goal. You know, in five years right now, the goal is that we're gonna be, we're gonna have obviously probably more kids, and we're gonna need a bigger house. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to move. 
So what am I going to do in between that time to get to that five to years? That so I have to plan ahead. Okay, I'm going to have to either get another job. I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to do certain things to get there, save mm -hmm. money, you know, don't do stupid things. But at the same time, still be able to give the focus to my job, still be able to give the focus to my wife, to my child, still be able to do things where I'm not spending every second of every day working we're still getting to go on vacations we're still having quality right. time together yeah. and things like that and, and so i think coming up with a plan you know whether it's a year whether it's six months whether it's two weeks five years ten years you've got to have a plan and then you've got to look at the stairway that leads you to that right. and then at the end of the day you're going to have to work your ass off to get there right it's not going to be it's not going to be something easy. I mean, you've spent how many years getting to this point? Uh, 20. And you're still climbing the stairwell mm -hmm. because you still have a plan. It'll never end. Mm -hmm. Even when you're in retirement, guys like us, it won't end. You right. will still be climbing that stairwell. You may not be working, but you're still going to have a goal and you're still going to, you know, your goal may be different. Maybe your goal is to travel the world. Maybe your goal is to spend as much time with your grandkids or with your kids or golf every single day. Your goal is going to be different, but you're right. still going to be climbing that stairwell to hit yeah. that goal. <clears throat> yeah. And so, but the second you see something that's going to bring you down or tie you down or pull you back mm -hmm. down the stairs from that goal, you need to snip that off and get rid of it instantly. Exactly. And so... Well, that's, no, and this is awesome. And, and, and as you can tell, listeners, you can just hear the energy from Kirk. I mean, just the way he talks. He talks with authority and power. This is just how he lives his life. And again, I just love it. I want to jump back just a little bit, though. Okay. Um, go back. So, you know, this I call this a belief cast because I'm passionate about beliefs. Because our beliefs dictate the way we behave or live our lives. Right. Right. I want to talk about maybe some beliefs you had when you were like maybe in junior high, high school, watching your parents maybe arguing and not getting along. Were there some beliefs that you had that kind of held you back about life and about yourself, you know, limiting beliefs that kind of made you, where you struggled with? Can you think of any of those that you may have? So one of the things that, one of the things that I always remember is since I wasn't LDS and, and all my friends were LDS, mm -hmm. there was a little bit of, I don't know if it's shame, guilt, embarrassment or whatever, because I we're the only family on Sunday not going to church. They all go to church. You know, my buddies were inviting me to young men's. Everybody everybody there was accepting of me even though I wasn't a member. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I, I look at that and, you know, I I feel like at the time I was holding resentments towards my parents, like, why why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? You know, and and, and then I realized, okay, well, my mom was raised in in the Catholic Church, you know, she okay. went to a Catholic school, you know, she wore oh, okay. the uniform and everything. And so, oh, wow. okay. and so she was heavy. It, I mean, church was heavy for her growing up. Did she teach you any of the Catholicism teachings or follow? No, know, it was, principles? you know, and I don't know, I don't know if she, they, she stopped going because my dad, I don't know, really, we, I've never really asked her that question. That's a good question for me to ask her. We never really got into that. I mean, there was a few times I went to church with her and things like that. My mom will still go to church from time to time. Right. Um, but I don't know if it's just we moved so much, if life was just too busy, you know. Mm -hmm. But there obviously wasn't a priority for, for our family to go to church on Sunday. And okay. so I started to realize, okay, I look at that, I'm like, okay, these, I have good friends, mm -hmm. they all have good, 
you know, they've learned all these great things and, you know, I've, I've done the same thing. I've just learned it in a different way and the way that we live our lives is a little bit different from the way that they live their lives. Right. But, you know, I looked at that, I'm like, how, how do I improve my life to, to be better and to be a better mm-hmm. person and to have people like me? And that, you kind of, I went through that stage, that insecurity of, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to like me. Right, right. And so, you know, it, at the end of the day, it kind of hurt me because the second that you you feel like you fail or that someone doesn't like well, the second someone doesn't like you, you right. fail, right. and then it brings you down. When it really doesn't matter what people think of you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if they like mm-hmm. you, if they don't like you, it doesn't matter. Right. And so that's one of the things you know. I, I have to say I learned that from my mom because my mom's a person that doesn't care whether you you like her or not. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's a person that. This is who I am, you know. Right. I I dress the way I dress. If my hair's messy, my hair's messy. If I don't have makeup on, I don't have makeup on. You know, I don't really care what you think. It's about me. And so, you know, I learned that from my mom, and it took me a long time to really grasp that. But once mm-hmm. I learned that, I'm like, man, everybody likes me. Because <laughs> then you're like, you don't care. Then you're just in a good mood all the time. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. You know, our clinical director says, I love it when people say, start talking, stupid falls out. You know, yeah. I don't ever worry about that because if something does, if something stupid does come out, I'm not judged. Right. And if I am, that's that person's problem, not my problem. Yeah. And so I learned that from my mom. But you know, leading into this, you know, I, I, I wanted to talk about, and this is this is something that that I think everyone should have as a um, a personal decoration statement for themselves, or you know, in a business, it's called a mission statement. Right. And so. Um, you know, there's, there's, I do something every single night when I lay down, you know, I think, and, and I think about what I did for the day. Did I do everything I could do for the day? Could I have done more? Did the owners of the business get every ounce of energy out of me? If not, what can I do better tomorrow to work harder for them? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what did I do in my marriage? What can I do better in my marriage? What did mm-hmm. I do for my son? What can I do better for my son? Um, and you know, you have this list and some people write it down. Some people just have a mental checklist, you know, but Mm -hmm. every night I think about, I give myself a mental check, um, or a personal check and I say, okay, check. Did I, did I, what did I accomplish this today? Was I a good person? Did I do everything I could in my power to get through the day, to work hard, to provide for my family? Did I complete the tasks that I wanted to complete? If not, why didn't I complete those and how can I complete those tomorrow? And then what am I going to do tomorrow? And so, um, you know, the, the, the thing that, that you got to realize is, is you can't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be days where you're not going to get stuff done. There's going to be things. Friday's a perfect example. Last Friday I had this pine. I was going to come in, you know, get ready for our meeting, our, right. uh, three o'clock meeting right. and <laughs> have the spreadsheet ready and update and be able to tell you everything, Todd. Uh-huh. And then something happened in the morning where I got tied up. And then next thing you know, I, I'm halfway through the day and my morning checklist is totally gone. And now mm-hmm. I got to hit my, my afternoon checklist. So I have to scratch my whole morning. So now I don't have that spreadsheet done. And so now I'm, I'm thinking, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's not a big deal. You know why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you're not going to get everything done. Right. Three, four, five years ago, I would have been like, uh, 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 I would have been Freaking all worried. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
so you can't be afraid to fail. And there's always opportunities out there. There's always an opportunity for you. You have to look for that opportunity. Right. And so, so that's what I've always done is there's always an opportunity. And that's, that's where you see it around here. And that's where, you know, they always joke with, joke with me that, you know, if they tell me to do something, it's done like that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always looking for the opportunity to improve this place and to improve my life and to improve my marriage and to improve mm -hmm. you know everything about what I'm doing I'm always looking for that opportunity so if there's an opportunity there to improve I'm gonna jump on that opportunity Good. so if there's an opportunity to improve this place of course I'm gonna jump on that yeah, and sometimes true. you know in business you gotta there's channels you have to go through you and you have to wait and you have to and right. you have to it takes time and, and to implement things and like that and I'm a guy that's like no let's implement now if it's gonna improve us let's do it right now <laughs> And so that's the thing is there's opportunities in front of you always and a lot of times you look past them. And you got you to gotta look for the opportunities in life and you got to take them. Right. Whether that's a, a job, whether that's going to school, whether that's, that's helping someone that's struggling. You know, in our world, we deal with people with addiction mm -hmm. and there's always an opportunity to reach out and help someone. Sure. Now, if that person wants to take that opportunity, that's their choice. Right. And then that goes to the next thing is you have a choice to make yeah. to take the opportunity in front of you yeah and a lot of people don't take don't make the choice to take that opportunity because of laziness yeah and so and that goes back to that work ethic having a good work ethic yeah. an opportunity comes to you you're going to take that opportunity in a heartbeat yeah well let me ask you this and this is i was just thinking of this as you're talking like there's a lot of people out there who work hard right mm -hmm. but rarely do i see people who work hard and love it like you do like you love it, like I can just you can just see it. The energy when you're, I mean, you just you you have a smile on your face. You have a good attitude. Where did that come from? I mean, why? I mean, why do you love it so much? And how did that, you know, maybe come to be? It, that well, one because I I could never. I, I'm in a really great place in my life. I couldn't be happier. I mean, I I found the woman of my dreams. You sure. know, my wife mm -hmm. supports me in everything. And your wife is CN. CN, yep. 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 And she's just as hardworking as me. We're, we're very like-minded. She supports me in everything. I play soccer three nights a week, softball three <laughs> nights a week, and we've got a newborn. And she doesn't once ever say no. Yeah, that's amazing. Or complain. Yeah. She supports me in everything. And so that's one, that's, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I have a smile on my face is, you know, I always tell her this is I married up. I married with her and with my in-laws. That's for sure. I married, yeah, <laughs> seriously. I, I married into a great family. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a great family. I have a mom that and right. brothers that support me and that care about me. I have great friends. Right. You know, I've surrounded myself by all these people um, that have influenced me in my life and have supported me. You know, I'm treated like family everywhere. You know, all my friends, you, mm -hmm. Jeff, Mark, you mm -hmm. know, Mike... Jesse, I mean, I've got a handful of James. Right. I mean, I can list. I've got so many friends that I could call at any second right. that, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, you come over to my house if I needed you. Yep. You know, if my basement's flooding, I could call 10 guys right now mm -hmm. at 2 o'clock in the morning, and all 10 of you would show up with whatever I need to help with whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, your wives would come if we needed it. Right. You know, you, you, you'd put me up in your house if I needed it. You know, so I've surrounded myself by great influences and a guy that you'll you'll have on here shortly from what i understand mike you know he 
he kind of grounds me a little bit because I have that that drive person I where I'm like, all right, go 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 go, 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 go. Yeah, and it's black and white for me. And he's he's the 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 big hearted guy that's like, hang on, give everybody a chance, <laughs> you know, come on, so don't true. don't react, you know. He's such a good guy that he cares yeah. about everyone. He wants to help everyone, and that's a good example to me. Is I need to be more compassionate at times because, and CN gets on me too about it at times. Is is I'll say something at soccer or after the game when I'm upset or something. She's like, hey, you got to remember to be nice. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm just heated right now. You're right. You know, and so yeah. she makes me be a better person. <laughs> right. You know, and my friends make me be a better person. You make me want to work harder. You know, you make me want to help people. And, you know, Mark and Jeff, they, they've done so much for me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be, I mean, CN and I wouldn't have met because of them. Right. You know, and, and right. you, you know, the things that I've learned, even I worked with, Tina, who works with here for years, and she taught me a lot about marriage and, and compromise and things like that. And, and um, right. you know, she's given me a lot of advice, and people giving me a lot of advice to make my marriage work. And you know, if you would have known me back in my younger twenties, you know, jealousy is a big thing. I'm going to tell you right now, get over the jealousy thing. If they don't want to be with you or they're going to cheat on you, they're going to do it whether you're jealous or not. If you're jealous, it's going to make them do it more. <laughs> you know, so yeah, for sure. It's just something, but it takes time to get over that, yeah. you know. And so there, you know, my my uh, my uh, mission statement for my personal stuff or my personal decoration, uh, decoration uh-huh. statement is: um, there's always an answer. If you think there's not, keep digging. And so there's always an answer out there for the situation you're in. So so keep keep digging don't ever stop and that's what that what that's what makes me so happy and that's why i always smile because you know it always gets better and better and better you think you think mm-hmm. yesterday was good it's going to be better tomorrow right or today i love that and it's going to be better yeah. tomorrow and it just gets yeah. better and better and better but it's only going to get better if you keep digging and you push forward and you don't listen to the bullshit out there because mm-hmm. there's a ton of that in social media and right. in your head especially and in high school and junior high and and um, with friends and family and stuff, and that's where I say cut it out. You know, right. I'm not saying cut your family off. I'm not saying cut your friends out, but cut off the negativity and cut off the stuff that's bringing you down. Cut off the part in your brain that's telling you you're not good enough or you can't right. succeed because the opportunity is always there. You can't change your genetics right. by any means, right? And you can't change other people's genetics. But what you can is you can you can look at look for the opportunities, take those opportunities in front of you and move forward. Yeah, I love it. And you will succeed. So <clears throat> I love that. Say so say your mission statement again. Or your so so there's always an answer. Always if, an answer. Yep. Keep digging. If not, keep digging. Love Just that. keep digging. Because guess what? There there's 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 always an answer to anything out there. Mm-hmm. And you got to be a problem solver in this world because right. problems are going to come up. Whether it's in your work, whether it's in your personal, whether it's with friends, it's just part of life. Problems come up. Right. So you just got to keep digging and you'll get through it. I love it. If you you could go back to like your 16-year-old self, you know, um, and give yourself some advice, what would it be? Uh, I think the the, kind of some of the stuff I touched on, the advice I'd give myself, one thing I'd say is, is... You know, stay out of your head. Mm-hmm. Cut out all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to do at that age because you're thinking about girls, popularity, what you're wearing, what car you drive, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Especially this day and age, it's all about social media, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know. Cut that out. You don't need any of that. 
Mm-hmm. I promise we survived with it before, and you know you look you look up we look up to like our grandparents, right? You know, and and if you look at your grandparents, their work ethic is a total different work ethic than the work ethic today. For sure, their yeah. work ethic. A lot of them, are, their hand, their hands on trades, getting dirty. You know, working mm-hmm. hard, then coming home and working twice as hard at home to make sure that that the lights are on. You've got a dining room table. There's mm-hmm. food to put on the table. Sometimes they're not coming home till 10 o'clock at night because the job's not done. Now everybody thinks, oh, I should be able to work from 10 to 4 and get paid the most amount. You know, I should be able to work the least amount of time and work the most amount of money. So one thing I'd go back to so myself true. is is I think I'd be way further along than I am right now is if I would have started at 16 and known just cut the bullshit out, I would be a hundred times further than I am right now. I'd probably be a billionaire. Right. You know, I'd be like the Amazon owner because right. it takes, I took all those years to figure that out. And then now, now that I have it figured out, I'm like, okay, I can conquer the world. I can right. do whatever I want. Yeah. But I need good people in my life. I need support. I need opportunities. And I've got to look for those opportunities. I've got to push forward. Um, another thing that I tell myself is look for the opportunities. Right. If there's an opportunity in front of you, I always, I always say this is I, I wish I would have joined the Air Force because I would have been in the Air Force. I would have learned all these great things. They would have paid for my school. And then I'd be, I'd probably be in a totally different spot than I am now, but I would be successful. Right. You know, I, I, that's just something that I always thought, Hey, I should have joined, joined the air force, you know? And, and if I could go back, I'd probably tell myself, Hey, try it out. Yeah. See, see, you know, I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't necessarily change anything that I've done because I'm sitting right here where I am right now. Right, right. And you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the, the marriage I'm in. I couldn't be happier with the child I have, the job that I have, the people that I'm friends with, the things that I get to do. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and awesome. I, I go to bed every night yeah. thinking that I wake that up every day thinking that, and it's because of all the things I've put in my life. Right. But you know, you, you've got to learn at a young age that it's not going to just be given to you. Right. You know, you, you have to earn what you want and you put in your life what you want. And there's, there's a reason why we all, where we all are where we are and we make, we drive our own train or bus or whatever you want to say, car to where we're going to be in life. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of where do you want to be? Which path are you going to take? Where are you going to steer yourself? Which right. road are you going to go down? Right. You know, and, and some roads are better than others, and you can't be resentful towards people because I, I know plenty of people, plenty of my friends that took a, a path that they're really successful, and if, if I would have just stayed with them, I'd be really successful right now, and I'd be, you know, super rich, and, and, and things would be great, but would they be great? I maybe wouldn't have the wife that I have. I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do. Exactly. You know, and then on the flip side, I see friends that have gone down the other path. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, you run into them and they're still doing the same thing they were doing 10 years ago. And, and you know, they're busting their butt. They're probably living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, but they still have a smile on their face and they're happy. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, and I could be down that path. But would I be in the same place I'm in? Probably not. Yeah. You know, and so you, yeah. you got to just decide which path you want to take and what your goals are. And then how are you going to get to those goals? Love it. You know, and so love it. just being, and then you'll be happy. Yeah. As soon as you realize that life isn't about, you know, a popularity contest, what's on social media, mm-hmm. how big your house is, what vehicle you drive, what clothes you wear, 
you you realize, you know, you can finally be happy because you realize, you know, it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you 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 become content with what you have, and then and then you're you're a happy person. You know, right. Love it. So very cool, man. Well, you've given a lot of great advice. Um, like I said, and the listeners, you can agree at this point, he has a passion for life, and uh, his work ethic is unmatched, in my opinion. Um, it makes me want to work harder. Thanks, but like you make I, me want to work harder. I know harder. it's cool that we can rub shoulders that way, and we can kind of you have mutual respect because we both believe in working hard. And I'm grateful that I learned that too at a young age. That if I want something, I have to earn it. Yep. I have to put in the effort. And uh, but I really love that about you. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show today. God, dude, it's uh, an honor. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, absolutely. I'll probably have you on again. Um, listeners, if, if, if the listeners want to come out and reach out to you, um, if that's okay, and they want to maybe share some thoughts, or if they have questions for you, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, you can get a hold of me at kirk at wasatchrecovery.com. Um, one of the things that I want to just put out to the listeners is is I would love it if, if you would create your own mission statement for yourself or your, mo- or your own um, decoration. Mm-hmm. for yourself and if you guys feel comfortable sharing with that please email it to me i think it's a great thing to have it's something to really think mm-hmm. about um i it, it it just doesn't come to you uh it's something that you really have to dig for and you have to think about and that's funny that i say dig for because <laughs> you'll find the answer if you dig for it exactly so well, you know if you feel comfortable sharing i'd love to hear it um i'd love to and if you're comfortable i'd love to share those with todd um, cause mm-hmm. Todd gets to meet with clients every single day and, uh, things like that, you know, for, for, we learn from people, you learn from people. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I can learn from any listeners out there or from anybody, if you've got, if you've got something you want to send over, um, I'd love to, to hear that. And I'd like to challenge everyone to come up with their own. Um, and please, please feel free to share that. Uh, if you feel comfortable, share it with me if you want to put it out on social media. Um, but I think it's important. Uh, and then also, um, I challenge you t- to come up with a, a plan, whether it's a six-month, one-week, five-year, ten-year. Come up with a plan. Love it. Great advice. Um, a great challenge. Um, a declaration statement something I've done for 20 years. I, I edit it every single day. I add to it. And it's been one of the greatest uh, kind of guides in my life. And I love that you do that as well. So listeners, there's your challenge. Thank you for joining us. Uh, reach out to Kirk if you want to get to know him better. He's an amazing individual. Uh, thank you so much for supporting this belief cast. It really is uh, it's starting to take off. we got a lot of uh, traction out there. Please um, give us a review on iTunes and Podbean. We're going to be on a few others hopefully soon as well. But thank you so much for all that you do. And Kirk, thank you for your time today, man. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for the listeners for your time today. Love I you, hope, hope you guys got something out. Love you, too. Love you, man. Thanks so much. Yep.